0: Hello and welcome back to Tachikawa. You are listening to Sakamichi Nights. My name is Matthew Boynton and I am joined again this week by my returning co-host,
1: Rudolf. Guten tag, Rudolf. How are you doing today? Guten tag. Guten tag. Please continue. No, that's it. That's all I got. The gig is up. It's me.
0: Daniel Bellamy, you enjoyed your week off last week, did you? I did, yeah. Did you listen to, you know, our wildly successful, possibly our most successful episode ever, um, the AMA, Ask Matthew Anything? Uh, I don't even know why I'm asking you. Of course you did. Uh, yeah. What did you think? On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being incredibly awesome, 10 being unbelievably awesome. Mm. How was that episode for you?
1: You know, it lacked a little something. Yep. I don't know what, a little unprofessionalism, a little, pizazz, yep. a little verve. <laughs> yeah, you know, a little fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants
0: So you did listen to it then? Okay, that's good to know. Um, Do you have any hilarious anecdotes to start us off with this week and to welcome yourself back to the show?
1: Uh, Well, you know, as always, let me preface this by saying, I don't know how hilarious this is. And by that, I mean, it's not hilarious. Okay, Uh, But the other day, it was kind of a quiet evening and the place was empty at closing time. Uh, It was a bit of a quiet night. And I was closing up. We have the, the bench outside and the front table as well. And the, the table is kind of unwieldy, right? It's quite yeah. heavy and it's large. Um,
0: you also can't pick it up just by the top. Right,
1: because of the the, the shoddy construction of the thing. You yeah. have to kind of grab the, the under frame mm-hmm. of the table. Give it a reach around. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But, uh, the old, how's your father? So I was carrying it in. I kind of pulled the tabletop flat against my chest. Uh, it was quiet It was night, there was nobody around, or so I thought, and uh, I'm kind of waddling in the door uh, with this table up against my chest, and one of the legs caught the doorway Mm. and smashed the table into my lip, (laughs) Okay. and I went, (laughs) and I thought, you know what, it's fine, there's no one around, it's night, there's no one here, it's quiet, street. Uh, But lo and behold, a woman had exactly at that moment walked out of the front of the building uh, and was basically standing right next to me as I made a total fool out of myself.
0: Did she offer to help you carry the table?
1: So she didn't, but we had a really awkward moment where Mm -hmm. I was like, should I say something? And I think she was like, should I help this guy? Right. And you were
0: thinking, I've just made a sex noise. (laughs) Should I acknowledge
1: this? (laughs) We should just both just move on. So uh, we had a really strange moment of neither one of us knowing quite what to do, Uh, and then I kind of just shamedly walked into the bar and closed the shutter in her face. I mean, she walked on, right? Like, we we realized that we were just going to move on from this awkward moment. Ships in the night. Yeah. Awkward, uncomfortable ships in the night. Have you seen her again since? Yeah, I didn't get a good look at her, you know, it was more just like in the periphery of like, yeah. well, shit, there's someone here.
0: It was more of an auditory experience for both of you. Yeah. In this case. Yeah. Well, uh, great. I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, the kind of things you get up to while I'm not here yeah. to keep an eye on mm. uh, on your table antics. Yep. Uh, as you did listen to uh, last week's, Mm-mm. let me say again, yeah. wildly successful AMA episode, you'll know that... Um, Loads of people wrote in with questions. I did. I saw that. Uh, for me to answer. Uh, and actually, the, there was one question that came in just after the cutoff point. Ooh. So I didn't have time to answer it. So why don't we start this episode by answering, uh, finishing the any other business from last week, okay. answering this question. Right. I'm going to need to preface this with a little bit of an explanation. Well, I don't know. Maybe I will. Have you ever listened to the radio program, the BBC Radio 4 program, Desert Island Discs?
1: uh i have not but it's it's a what you're stranded on a desert island kind of thing right
0: that's right yeah so if you were to be stranded on a desert island you have to choose some records mm-hmm. some singles some 45s to take with you mm-hmm. what would those be that's the main body of the episode right but then they have a few other questions that like you it shows the age of the format a bit. you get the bible and the complete works of shakespeare okay but you can choose right. one more book to take with you can i choose to not have the
1: bible and get two other books
0: i don't know we'll have to write in and ask kirsty walk or whoever's presenting it these days uh and you also get to choose one luxury item Mm. um which has to be inanimate so you can't choose that woman who came out of the uh the door and know you making the noises we
1: shared our moment that was enough
0: uh, and it can't be something that is going to help you to escape the
1: island so also can't be that woman exactly right. yeah
0: she has a flotation device um so uh, christine from Lauder wrote in to ask hmm. if you were to be on bbc radio 4's desert island discs what would your luxury item be what would you take to a desert island uh, to make your
1: stay more more pleasant can it be it can be a survival thing can it be a tool of some sort if you like I mean, it's not very exciting, but I suppose the thing to go to would maybe be a, a big knife of some sort, mm. a, like some kind of big camping knife. I mean, that's not really fun, though, is it? Let me ponder
0: this. You do you, could, you have an answer? You could fashion a knife from uh, some bamboo or a stick or something, right? What were you planning to do with the knife? Were you going to fight you know, the other inhabitants? The <laughs> it's abandoned, isn't it? We're, we're not
1: all there with our Bibles and our Shakespeare's.
0: But, you know, I don't think they ever made that clear in the format. Are you all being sent to the same island? Right. Are you so you're be there, there with Melvin Berg right. and Gavin Hastings. Everyone who's been on the show. Rubbing before shoulders. Is there. How big is this island? Uh, hmm. It might be a bit crowded by now. Now I assume that you are alone. Um, I people sometimes choose, uh, you know, a survival item. I think I would choose um, an ice cream machine, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, in, enough ingredients. To keep it stocked up.
1: Right. And a, some kind of fusion reactor. There's not yeah. an outlet. Well, I don't thing. think it
0: needs to be that futuristic. It could just be a diesel generator. Um, but yeah, I, I would need a power source to run it. But mm. if I'm going to be sitting on the beach, I don't really like the beach. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it doesn't suit my sure. complexion. Sure, sure. Um, but if I was to be sitting on a hot island, I would like to have enough ice cream to keep me you know, occupied.
1: Right. And if I'm there with a knife... You know, there's some kind of arrangement chopping, we can make. You're
0: chopping the fish. Uh, well, no, I'm going to threaten
1: you with the knife until you give I'm me ice cream. I'm going to threaten
0: cre- you with my ice cream machine. Yeah. I'm going to put you in this nice, ice cream machine. shaped
1: ice cream machine.
0: <laughs> Never bring a knife to an ice cream machine fight. <laughs> I think that's what Bugsy Malone said. That's it. Something along those True lines. True words. So is that what your item is going to be? A knife so you can threaten the other inhabitants?
1: Yeah. The, the the people that came up with better ideas than me. I mean, who has the better idea than the guy with the knife? So I guess the, the guy, guy with the, the gun. Guy with the, <laughs> the guy with the shotgun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Now he has a knife and a shotgun. <laughs> and an ice cream machine. <laughs> I guess you, uh, you know, I, I think that Tom Hanks had the right idea in Cast Away. That Wilson really was, was a true friend to him. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you could probably sneak that one past uh, past whatever kind of dark overlords are managing this thing because like it it, it is a flotation device. like let's not kid ourselves, but uh, but you'd be like, no, no, it's for recreation only mm. and then you would have a flotation device. I mean
0: deflated
1: bit of a loophole
0: volleyball. Mm. was Wilson I think Wilson kind of went a bit flat towards the end of it, right? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he lost a bit of his spunk. Before he went uh, for his swim. He he lost and gained a lot of spunk mm. in, uh, in the director's cut.
1: I heard when Tom Hanks was in the hospital with uh, COVID mm-hmm. that the staff at the hospital got a volleyball and put the red handprint on it and rolled it into the room with him when he was in, like, his quarantine been hilarious for him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, what jokers you guys are. Thank you very much. Now please close the curtains. <laughs> Good questions. Thank you very much to everyone who wrote in uh, last last week. As I said, our most successful episode ever.
1: I heard that people now, are saying that.
0: Let's get back to the same tired old format, shall we? We're not here to answer questions, or we will we will happily answer questions from listeners. But that's not the whole point of this. Nope. We are here to celebrate beer. Man, today is today is
1: a hot one. What is the hot one that we're going to be celebrating this we're week? We're gonna we're gonna celebrate. We are going to not review two beers. Right. Usually, it's just one.
0: A double tasting this week. Yeah. What are A the double t- not review. What are the two beers we will be uh, tasting?
1: Uh, one of them is going to be Dark Disciple, which is an export stout from Devilcraft, which is a beer that uh, you very much enjoy. This might be one of my all-time favorite beers. Wow. High praise. Yep. Yeah. Uh, And the other one is one we just put on tap that we've both been pretty excited about getting. We've never had it in before, and it's called Caramel Mucchiato. Mm. It's uh, milk stout from Heretic. It's milk stout with uh, vanilla and caramel added.
0: Speaking of nautical themes, Mm -hmm. this one's been a bit of a white whale for us, really mixing up these metaphors now. Mm. Um, I have tried to order this on a number of occasions before, and it's always been sold out by the time I get the email in. So great to finally
1: have it in the bar and great yeah. to finally have the chance to, to taste it. And these are two very different beers. Why we wanted to, to celebrate them side by side. Two dark
0: beers, but with very different characters. Mm. Well, why don't we make like Wilson and just dive straight on in?
1: All right, we have the beers What's the procedure? Are we going to drink them both and then talk about both of them? Are we going to drink one and talk about that one? I,
0: I want to start, actually, by reading uh, this flavor description from uh, Devilcraft, makers of the Dark Disciple. Mm. You might be able to see why I like this beer so much. It says, firm but restrained bitterness with a full body, mm. which is pretty much a perfect physical description of me. Yeah, so sure. You see why I like this one. Uh, Why don't we examine each one individually in turn and then go to compare and contrast after that. Should we start with the Dark Disciple? Sounds good. What do you think of this beer?
1: You know, it reminds me a lot of another beer that we have in the fridge, which is uh, the Butcher from Society. Right. The Butcher is is quite a bit stronger. It's 9.6%, I think. Um, But they both have a, a very... Uh, like the the roasted character, almost kind of charred, uh, ashy note mm-hmm. to it is quite pronounced in both of them. Very, I like that a lot. Right, pleasant acridity. Yes, I think maybe that's a flavor that can turn some people off, but I, I love it. I think it's great. Uh, it reminds me quite a bit of, of The Butcher, but extremely rich, extremely roasty, uh, dark as all get out yeah it, it is
0: extremely rich and i think roasty is a good uh flavor descriptor um but it's not it's not like a hugely full-bodied beer i don't get a lot of sweetness out of this there isn't a lot of residual sugar left in there it's full-bodied enough to to stand up to its firm roastiness but I like the fact that it isn't sort of overly thick or mm. overly, uh, overly sweet. Mm-hmm. I think the balance is really, really good yeah. on this one. Um, it's also an extraordinarily dark color. Even if you hold it up to the light, you can't see really anything coming mm. through it. There's a, a, a thin meniscus of ruby around the edge mm. of the glass. Yeah. But other than that, it's, um, it's very, very deep black, which also very much appeals to me. Okay, how about this Caramel Mucchiato? You know, now that I taste them back to back, they are more similar than I was expecting them to be Mm. uh, in presentation and in flavor Mm -hmm. as well. This one has definitely has more sweetness. Um, You can taste you know, a little bit of the vanilla. I don't think it's particularly overwhelming, but there is also a really nice roasty bitterness Mm -hmm. behind it, isn't Mm -hmm. there? Which is very similar to the Dark Disciple.
1: Yeah. It's almost like it just takes the edge off the acridity a bit. There is a little bit of sweetness to it that you don't get in the Dark Disciple. But I feel like both of the beers come across to me as being really well balanced. Like they, they take their flavor profile in different directions. But both of them are, are really nicely balanced. The, the flavors that they, that they provide, the different notes that you pull out of it, there's nothing that's, like, that's overly dominant. There's nothing that's really taking over the whole thing. You get a lot going on in both of them, kind of in slightly divergent directions. But the flavors in both beers complement each other really well, and both beers come across really nicely balanced. Yeah, I agree. I think the balance is, uh, is excellent in
0: both of them, um, especially, you know, the, the, um, the Dark Disciple is quite a simple beer. I think it's a hard style to pull off correctly. Mm. You have to get the, uh, the recipe just right and the process just right. Um, but the, the Caramel Mucchiato, this has some you know, interesting adjuncts in it. It's got vanilla and caramel mm. in it. So it would be quite easy to make that beer go completely out of balance and Mm -hmm. have way too much vanilla or too much sweetness from the caramel. But it doesn't. Like you say, it keeps it all really nicely Mm -hmm. uh, balanced and together. Tasting these back
1: to back, are are there any other big differences that stand out to you? Uh, Nothing that that pops off the page other than what I've already touched on. I think you get a lot of the acridity and a bit of like a char from the Dark Disciple. Whereas the Mucchiato comes across, obviously, with quite a bit more sweetness and a bit more uh,
0: smoothness to it. That smoothness, I think, might be coming from the lactose, mm, which is in the, sure. um, in the milk stout, obviously. Like, that's going to add a little bit of, of sweetness, although it's, it's we don't perceive it as being as sweet as other kinds of sugar. But it, I think with other beers, we've seen that it adds a kind of creaminess mm-hmm. to the, the mouthfeel yeah. and the texture more than anything else, doesn't it? Two good names as well, Dark Disciple and Caramel Mucchiato. Mm-hmm. Different genres of name, one more metal than the other. Yeah, um, But I do enjoy the, the label of the Caramel Mucchiato, which seems to have uh, a cow sitting in a bath full of coffee.
1: Mm.
0: That's the best way to put milk in your coffee, just add the whole cow. Get it all in there. Yeah, You can squeeze the milk out of the cow mm. as it's percolating. Yeah. Now, every time when we uh, try the beers, we also try to pair them with something. Mm. So, why don't we spin the wheel of pairings to see what we would like to be doing or consuming along with these two particularly nice dark beers.
1: Obviously, I listened to it, but for anyone who didn't, did you celebrate a beer last week? Fill, us, fill, fill them in on the details.
0: Uh, I didn't think it would have been right to stick with the same format when it was just me. So we didn't drink any beer at all. Hmm. It was just me answering questions. Okay. Um, Maybe the fact that that was much more successful than all of our other episodes. (laughs) So something about the format that we're doing. Anyway, let's get back to the format. All right, seeing as we didn't uh, celebrate any beer last week, let's reset the wheel of pairings. Anything goes this time. Let's roll them bones. Number two, TV or movies. Mm -hmm. All right, so you're sitting in your beanbag chair. What's on the plasma screen as you're drinking these two dark beers? I would like to
1: watch... Uh, A series that just concluded, actually, Mm -hmm. called The Last Kingdom on Netflix. You watch this? No. It's pretty good. Uh, It doesn't end great in terms of the quality of the... So, so hard to stick the landing on TV shows isn't you know it? they 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 fell victim to, to the classic foible just never never get involved in a land war in asia is that uh, yep. the uh,
0: never go up against a sicilian when death is on the line that's it
1: um, they it's based on a series of novels apparently historical fiction novels and, uh, I guess maybe the, the people involved wanted to go on and do different things or Netflix pulled the plug. I'm not sure, right. but they tried to fit the plot of like four books into the final season. Right. Uh, it's a mess and, uh, I didn't think it was finished very well, but anyway, um, it's a kind of medieval England story, uh, Danes and Saxons and whatnot. Uh, but it's, everything's pretty dark, right? You know, things were, you know, things were kind of muddy and, dark and made of wood and thatch and everything was brown fires yeah like it, it's kind of a, a dark show uh you know the weather is kind of oppressive a lot of the time
0: oh so you've been to England yeah, yeah. uh
1: so I feel like these the, you know the mood is not always dark right there are uplifting moments in yeah. there are moments yeah. of uh, of people helping each other yeah. and, and resolution positive resolution to various storylines uh, so I feel like you could drink these beers and they would be a good accompaniment to kind of the tone of the show where there's there's dark moments that are kind of heavy and brooding and ominous uh, and things seem like they're not going to work out for the best uh, and then there's moments of hope and sweetness that shine through.
0: Mm. Uh, were there Mercians in this
1: TV yes, show? Yes, there are, yeah.
0: Yeah? How did they come across? They're uh, goodies, baddies?
1: So they, like... The the Mercian people are largely kind of a pawn in the story, mm. uh, and it's like the the royal family, um, but but in a good way. One of the people, not defects, but like she ends up the kind of being the leader of the Mercians, and she mm. uh, looks out for the Mercian people's interests, kind of ahead of uh, what what like her family's interests, what they might have expected her to do.
0: So, is this based on the real history then?
1: It's, it's So the books, as I understand, are historical fiction. Okay. So the events and the way things unfold, uh, I would assume, stay relatively true to what actually happened. Uh, but it's based around the story. It's the story of a guy who was kind of noble-born in England, in, in Northumbria, I think. Oh, right. And he, But he, his family gets killed and he gets basically kidnapped by Danes and raised by Danes. So he's basically a man with no home. Oh, okay. So it's um, uh,
0: Bernard Cromwell. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. Those are the books. I've read those books. Okay. Okay, right. (laughs) This is why it all
1: sounds so familiar. (laughs) This makes sense, yeah.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Those are good books. Hmm. Uh,
1: So after I watched it, uh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead.
0: No, no, that's that's it. Go ahead.
1: I, I watched the end of it. And we don't need to get too deep into this, but basically I thought it it was bad at the end. Like I thought the last season was kind of a mess and the last couple episodes involved like a a lot of just really like overwrought kind of long drawn out shots of like the characters kind of staring off into the middle distance as we pan back and see the tableau behind them. It it was really kind of like navel gazing, especially Mm -hmm. right at the end of Mm -hmm. like, oh, like you know let the let the weight of this show and the journey we've been on wash over you and i I, no thank you um so i went online because i was like that was trash and i need to find other people who agree with me that it was trash as you do and i went on i maybe i went to the wrong place i look i just turned up imdb to look at people's reviews and everyone was like so amazing the best thing i've ever seen the The best show ever the whole point of the internet
0: is to find other people who share your weird opinions so you can form a clique together yes
1: yeah and I know they're out there because there were people on the IM most of the reviews were like 10 out of 10 couldn't have been any better you know like they loved it and then there were a few people that were like man that last season was a mess that last (laughs) episode was really overdone Blah 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 so you know there are some like you know angry kind of bitter people on the internet I don't know if you knew this but there are angry, bitter people on the internet, Do they uh, write like beer me, reviews as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> beer celebrations. Uh, so it was nice to see that some people also felt like I did that. Uh, mm. That the last season and specifically the last episode or so were not quite uh, up to the standards of the rest of it. But don't. Uh, in looking that up, I found out they were based on a series of books, and I was like, I got to read these books. Okay.
0: Uh, Bernard Cromwell, who wrote those books, also wrote the Sharp books. Have You ever read any of them? I have not. Have you seen the TV shows? No. Should extremely good. What's Featuring this now? a young Sean Bean. Okay. Uh, in the Napoleonic Wars, uh, he is uh, he's uh, a common soldier, a sergeant mm. who's raised to be an officer. He's given a battlefield commission, right. for saving Wellington's life. It's a good way to do it. That's the opening episode. So that's not a spoiler. Uh, and then he basically kind of romps around Europe, shooting Frenchies calling posh shows, bastards nice uh and having various hijinks uh it, it's great it they're, sounds great they're they're fantastic okay um, the the books are good i'm going to say that i think the tv show is better all it's right. elevated by sean bean's uh performance he's pretty great he is pretty great. it's just called sharp sharp yeah well there are all the different books like sharps battle sharps eagle okay sharps waterloo and whatever
1: they sound terrible based on that alone. Right. I think when you have that kind of naming convention to a book, if I saw those lined up on a shelf, I'd be like, this this must be trash. Then you would be missing out. Yeah, I'd be making a big mistake. But like, that's a pretty trashy naming convention, I think.
0: You can watch a lot of Sharp on YouTube. Mm. So you might want to check out a little bit. Um, oh, just well. to see if it's the kind of thing you like. Mm. Good pairing. What do you got? I'm going to choose uh, a TV show called garth merengue's dark place yeah great because i can think of no better place to consume two dark beers than the dark place Mm, you know that makes complete sense Mm -hmm. are you familiar with this television i love it yeah i think you can also watch almost all of dark place on youtube Mm. uh it kind of came and went without an awful lot of fanfare and i don't know that many people who've seen it you've seen it right if you haven't then i very much urge you to go and check it out it sounds quite high concept. It's a documentary about... Well, it's a fake documentary about a TV show that was made in the 80s. And now it's the author who wrote the books that the TV show was based on, talking about the mm-hmm. making of the TV show yeah. whilst also interspersed with the TV show. Yeah. But it's brilliant. It's incredible. Uh, probably one of the funniest TV shows I've ever seen. And... Featuring a lot of uh, great casts. Yeah, a lot of people who went on to do a lot of really, uh, really fantastic things in the future as well. Yeah, I think
1: if you haven't seen it, you go back and watch it, you will recognize a lot of people in it from other stuff that they've gone on to. Some great
0: musical numbers as well. And it really informed my view of Scottish people.
1: Right. (laughs) The Scottish, what was it, Scottish Plague? Yes. Yeah. Great episode.
0: Two good pairings this week. Now, we've chosen these two beers partly so that we can uh, contrast two different styles of dark beer. Um, I really like dark beers, but they're a very broad church. Overall, what would you say are some of the defining characteristics of either A, an export stout, or B, a milk stout?
1: Uh, I I think rich and roasty. As we said, I think an export stout is meant to be drier. I could be wrong, but uh, I'm going to throw that one out there. And then obviously the milk stout, as we said, it's going to have lact- lactose in it. So it's going to have a bit of a rounder mouthfeel. It's going to be a bit sweeter, um, at least based on these two examples. And I think other, other milk stouts we've had, certainly the ABV is often a bit lower, 5.5. Uh, this one particularly is 6.0 um whereas at least the dark disciple export stout this one is 7.1 percent um so yeah i think in general the milk stout is going to be a bit of a milder milder drinking stout whereas the export stout is going to be a bit drier a bit roastier um a bit more uh full-bodied i suppose
0: they're both beers that really lean into the malt character mm, not looking know, for any hops in these right. ones um I, I did a little bit of research before this. Oh, wow. Uh, before sitting down to record. And um, so export stouts were, they sort of have a similar similar lineage, according to what I read, to IPAs. Okay. In that they were kind of, they were brewed specifically stronger mm. so that they could be put on ships mm-hmm. and sent sent out to the world. Right. And so, uh, according again to what I read, these export stouts were originally intended for uh, British uh, immigrants living in the West Indies Mm -hmm. or in America. And they were missing the the porters, which were the very popular style of beer at the day. Right. Uh, And so they made stronger, drier styles of that to be sent over, Mm. uh, sent over the Atlantic to where they were working.
1: The higher alcohol content means it would keep better or that it would maintain its character better? Or both of those things?
0: Yeah, maybe both of those things. I think alcohol is, you know, an antiseptic. Mm. So that's one of the reasons for making beer stronger is so that it will will withstand bacterial infection or withstand being in an oak keg, Mm. which is permeable to the air uh, slightly better. Uh, And it may also just get stronger as it goes across, right? Right. It it will evaporate Mm. a little bit out of the, the keg as well. Whereas a milk stout is a stout that has some lactose in it. It doesn't actually have any milk in it. It's just lactose. And I, I think I read that originally this was intended as a kind of health supplement and it was promoted as being good for pregnant women. Not allowed to do that anymore mm. because it's not, um, but the lactose, as we have said, does give it a kind of full round, creamy body yep. uh, and a little bit of sweetness. Uh, as well, which makes it quite different to the
1: dry and roasty export mm. stout. Two very delicious beers this week. A style that uh, that we have talked about a little bit in the past. Something that you have said that you were interested in making, which perhaps needs to wait on us having our own brewery, is a, a Baltic porter. And a Baltic porter uh, takes longer to ferment. Is that right? You have to leave it in the tank. Right. It's a slow fermentation. Yeah. Uh, which makes it a little bit of a tricky proposition to go to another brewery and say we would like to tie up one of your tanks for a month. A month, yeah. That's right. uh, you know they want to turn something around in a couple of weeks if possible.
0: Do you know why it takes longer to ferment?
1: Uh, it's at a lower temperature, so I assume the yeast just less active. That's my guess.
0: Is it a lower temperature because it
1: uses lager yeast?
0: Oh right, as well. okay. Sure. So that's what's traditional in that in a part of the world um, to use lager yeasts, which. Yeah, as you say, ferment at lower temperatures, mm. and so it takes longer to finish fermenting, but it comes out with a really nice, clean character mm-hmm. when it's finished. Yeah, um, I think that is one of the other things that is characteristic of this style of beer, though, is a very clean fermentation. We're not looking for kind of estery fruitiness, mm-hmm. like you would get out of a you know a vice beer or a traditional English bitter or something like that.
1: We are both big fans of, uh, of dark beers in general, uh, stouts and porters. I really like, you can't drink it all the time. You can't drink a lot of it, but I really like the high octane stuff. I really enjoy the kind of 11,
0: 12%. Mm, both you and Wilson.
1: Yep. Yeah, me and Wilson together hanging out. Um, yeah. Barrel age stuff. The, the Imperial stouts, um, Especially the you know that you you get some of those with a lot of really fun and interesting adjuncts in them, you know blueberries and vanilla and pecans and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I I like that that realm of beer. You can't you know you're you're not gonna you're not gonna down six pints of it at the baseball game. In general, I'm not here to judge, but uh, in general, I don't think that's the way you throw that kind of stuff back.
0: Not if you don't want to vomit over fourth base. Yeah
1: uh sure but uh, don't correct me i know what i said yeah yeah no <laughs> you're fine um but i i really enjoy those kind of beers uh it's I, I think that um with this like big of a malt bill this style of beer that you can really push the alcohol up and and still have it come out quite nicely balanced and in some case that that kind of heat is really well hidden right mm.
0: here here's a question i'll give my answer first I honestly, I do not really care for barrel aged beers. Mm. Generally, you know, I I can see the appeal. Mm. I've had some where I've thought that's quite nice. But generally, when I have one that I like, it's because it doesn't taste like a barrel aged beer. Right. What is your most cancelable beer opinion?
1: Uh, Man, you've sprung it on me. I mean, one for the masses, I suppose. Nothing needs to be hazy. Nothing needs to be hazy or
0: not everything needs to be hazy.
1: I mean I don't think really um, well, you know, I don't know. But because there's let's a, say let's there's, say nothing needs to be hazy. There's a
0: beer on tap number seven right now that would uh that would disagree with you. That no, make it's, America juicy again. It's
1: delicious, but I like I'm pretty sure you can you can end up with that same flavour uh, without the haze in it. Mm. I guess. I guess you could, but I don't know. I, I do like a hazy beer. I'm cancelling you for this opinion. So yeah, I guess you've you've answered Hit my the question nail on the head very then. well.
0: Yeah. One other piece of news this week. This is an exciting one. Mm. We are hiring. We're currently looking for somebody who can come in and work uh, a Saturday shift. Mm -hmm. It's getting a little bit too busy for me to hold down by myself. Unlike the podcast, which I think I did a pretty good job on. Mm. Um, But if you or anybody you know are interested, please check out our social media where we've put up a more detailed post with information about the position and the kind of person that we are looking to hire. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: At the moment, it's just the one day a week. Uh, We'd we'd be interested in hiring someone that can kind of grow with us over time. But at the moment, it's it's probably best for uh, someone either looking to supplement their income or uh, a college student, for example, someone who just wants a limited number of hours. Uh, But yeah, check out our social media for the uh, further information and details about that.
0: If you're a university teacher... Living in Ishikawa at a loose end on a Saturday, what better way to spend your time than to get on the Shinkansen, come and work in here for a shift, and then head back again mm. to Ishikawa. That was extremely specific. We, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Do we have anything else fun or interesting coming up in the fridge this week?
1: Uh, we've got some great new beers uh, arriving on Friday. Um, we have three different revision cans coming in, uh, which is good. And we also have a cold IPA, which is a collaboration between Carl Strauss and Society. Wow. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that one. That should be good. That does sound
0: extremely good. Mm. Stay tuned for more details. Thank you very much for listening again this week. If you do have any questions, please get in touch with us. But otherwise, we will look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you. Good to be back. I'm sure
1: you enjoyed having me back. Thank thanks you for Rudolph. listening, everybody. Yeah,
0: thanks, Rudolph. See you again next time, everyone.
1: Bye.